And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. You are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. We ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Here's your host, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith. Wade, it is so good to see you. You've got a little color back in your cheeks. Yes, man. Uh, I thought you said that if we got the, if I had the Omicron virus, COVID virus, that it would be just the sniffles. Well, if you're a healthy American, that's usually what it is. You must. <laughs> I must not be a healthy American because it uh, it laid me down. I it put me on my back. Well, and, uh, for about a week, I was out. Wow, but that yeah. was now that was the first time you've ever had COVID, right? You've never had it that you know never, of. Now. Never had it that I know of. Yeah. So you know, I had it in um, uh, September of tw- or no October of 2020. And it was very mild for me. And then I I had a physical at the doctor's, a yearly physical at my doctor's the week after I came off quarantine. And my doctor told me, he said, if you had real mild symptoms, he said, you've probably had some form of COVID in the last three years. Now, this was before all the political spin was on it. But he said three years is about how long he was guessing, my doctor, that, that those antibodies would be beneficial to you if you naturally had it. Wow. And so I was not vaccinated and still not vaccinated, but uh, I had the this variant back in January. And honest to goodness, I would have never known I had it if mm. my son hadn't ran a fever for about three hours. And uh, he ran a fever, took his temperature. Hey, I've got a fever. I'm running 100.8 or whatever it was. And I said, well, you better go get COVID checked. Well, sure enough, he did. My wife did. And I was like, oh, we all got it. I couldn't smell bleach. So I I knew I had it. I didn't have to stick a, that's the other test. You know, if you don't want to stick a swab in your nose, stick your nose over a a jug of bleach. Right. Right. And, uh, but anyways, I would have never known I had it except I lost my sense of smell for about a day. And, um, that was really it. I mean, that was the only symptom that I wouldn't normally have this time of year. You know, thinking about the loss of taste and smell to me, it is proof that this virus is synthetic man-made because name me any virus that has ever taken someone's taste away and smell. Yeah. It it is just wild. It does. It, you know, the first time I was positive in 2020, I did not lose my taste and smell. My daughter did. She lives down the road from us. And uh, she said she couldn't smell coffee, couldn't smell bleach. And uh, so that's what I was doing this time. I was trying to smell coffee and smell bleach and um, but her her taste and smell was gone for about a week and a half. 
And uh, mine was gone just for really about a day, day and a half. By the next day, I could start. I noticed my taste coming back. But yeah, that is so odd. It, and yeah. it's not the dulling of your senses like it just you need extra salt or it's not hot right. enough. I mean, literally can smell nothing. Strong yeah. smells. It's you crazy. Know? It's yeah, crazy. could release a skunk by yourself. <laughs> now, with me having four boys, losing your smell is not necessarily a bad thing. Okay. So I told Amanda, <laughs> I said, hey, there, there could be worse things right now. We do have four boys. So uh, anyway, I, let me ask you this. Have you received your free crack pipe yet from the government? I'm still on the waiting list. Still on the waiting list. <laughs> Can you believe what's going on here? The, the government wanting to create clean and safe drug centers for these drug addicts to do their drugs. Yeah, give, I thought that was against the law. Crack pipes. I, I thought that was against the law to do drugs and to be found with drug paraphernalia mm-hmm. on you. So, you know, if we continue down this road, the next logical step would be places where they could steal legally. Oh, that's already happening in California. Okay, mm-hmm. next logical step would be a place where they could rape legally yeah. or they could murder legally. Oh, wait a minute. That's already happening in the womb. Mm-hmm. You see, what's happening yeah. in America, I think, is we're headed to just complete and total chaos. And the way that starts is finding selective areas that it's okay to do these things. If mm-hmm. you're okay with murdering an unborn child, it won't be long. You'll be okay with murdering old people that don't have a good life. Yeah. And then if you're okay with doing drugs in this little room that the government provides, then we can do drugs anywhere. This is a slippery slope that I believe our country is heading down. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, it is crazy to fathom a country going to make a quote unquote, a healthier place for someone to use drugs. And, you know, you think about it, a, a drug addict is a slave. They are in bondage to the drugs. And so it is kind of like a, uh, you know, you're giving them a new and clean plantation. You're giving them new chains for their bondage. And uh, it's not about their health. It's about them continuing to stay in their bondage, to stay high so that they can remain under control of the government. Yeah. And uh, mind boggling. Uh, You know, it it leads right into our topic today, which is the dual citizenship of a Christian. And our country is basically, you know, in a free fall. And I can remember when people used to call America a Christian nation. Yeah. And I can remember back when, you know, the Christian voting bloc was a big enough segment that politicians politicked it. Mm -hmm. Now they just ignore it. Yeah. And um, I think the people to blame for that are the Christians. I think it's primarily pastors. And there's two things that people don't want to talk about, politics and religion, and they don't want to put them together. And so I think preachers have shied away from politics, and uh, they've done it to the detriment that their people think they can believe one thing on Sunday and be right with God and then go out and vote however they want or be completely unplugged mm-hmm. from society. And, uh, and still be, you know, an obedient Christian. And it's, it's the silence of Christians that put us in the position we're in. Yes. And you recently did a, uh, a study or a sermon series on this. And so I'm just going to let you take over. Uh, I know the last podcast we did on masculinity, um, you let me just more or less run with that because you said I was a more manly man than you, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you exerted, 
you exerted yourself so hard that COVID overcame your immune system. <laughs> That's right. But I'm going to let you uh, speak about this, uh, this sermon series that you did on the Christian's dual citizenship. And um, I believe this really would be a great episode for every believer. Well, one of the things that you and I get criticized about uh, is we have a podcast called the Patriot Pastors Podcast. And so people, the, the ultra-religious criticize us for being patriot, and the ultra-patriots um, criticize us for being pastors. And so what we have is we have a group of people that think we should be pastors and not patriots, and we have another group of people that think we should be patriots and not pastors. And that leads us to an understanding of a dual citizenship of the Christian. And so I'm, I'm currently preaching a series on this. And the first part of that intro was explaining why we need to study politics and religion and see that they go hand in hand. And so in this series, I covered things like the right to bear arms. I'm yeah. going to cover abortion. I covered gender. These are all things that show up in our politics that we have a clear biblical precedence on. Mm -hmm. So abortion, marriage, all of these things, creation, evolution, you know, the more and more that the, the government presses these, um, these climate change bills down our throat, uh, if we're just going to take that and, and completely deny that God created the earth in six literal days, and then completely deny that God's going to destroy the earth when he's done with it, and that we're not going to beat him to the punch. A, a rejection of these basic biblical ideologies is why uh, the church is in the shape they're in and the country's in the shape they're in. So um, one of the big things for me was understanding that, yes, we are citizens of heaven, but we're also citizens of the earth. And so I think understanding that you are a dual citizen, you have a responsibility in both realms is the key. And so uh, I don't think I need to belabor the point, but in John 18, verse 36, you know, Jesus is before Pilate and he says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not of, not from hence. Mm -hmm. So his servants did fight. If you'll remember, Peter drew a sword, cut a fellow's ear off. Yeah. But Jesus said, put your sword away. Interestingly enough, before that, he said, buy a sword. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> what Jesus was getting across there is our fighting is not to advance the kingdom of Christ. We're not going to try to do the, uh, the crusades all over right, again. Right. But at the same time, we do have a responsibility on the earth as citizens you know, Peter talks about us being citizens as sojourners and pilgrims. We're just traveling through. So we have this clear understanding that we're citizens of heaven. But what I think many people miss out on is that we are also citizens of the earth. And our citizenship on earth takes place while we are on our way to heaven. And so let me give you a couple verses that talk about the responsibility of a citizen in heaven. And the first one I would take you to is Luke 22, Luke 20, 22 through 25. This is a real, real famous passage of scripture. Is it lawful for us to give tribute unto Caesar or no? But he perceived their craftiness and said unto them, why tempt ye me? They, they were coming to him looking to trick him up. 
And yeah. Jesus saw right through it. And he said, why tempt you me? Show me a penny. And that was the smallest denomination that they had. Mm -hmm. And he said, whose image or subscription hath it? And they answered and said, Caesar's. And he said unto them, render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's and unto God the things which be God's. Now, let's slow down and look at verse 25 together, where he says, render therefore unto Caesar the things which be Caesar's. Now, things is plural. He didn't just say pay taxes and that's it. We owe Caesar more than just taxes. We owe, we owe, and Caesar here is not just the Roman government. And when it fell, none of this applied to us. Nice try, Willie Nelson, but that don't work. <laughs> what he's saying is the government, whoever's government is on your money. That's who you're working under. You've got to render unto them the things Jesus said, things plural. Mm -hmm. He was not talking about people in a higher tax bracket that paid two pennies. He's talking about a multitude of things. And I can take that with absolute certainty because he goes on to say, and unto God, the things, plural, which be God's. So if we were to say that things only applies to the tithe, then why don't we just say, or, or to taxes, why don't we just say the tithe is all that matters to God? Right. If we're just talking about money, then as long as we give our tithe or offering to God, we should be good. But we know that God deserves more than just our financial contributions. Mm -hmm. Therefore, to government, we owe them respect because they are the God-appointed leaders over us, but we also owe our participation where we're allowed. God never criticizes the Roman uh, centurions for being centurions. When Peter preaches the gospel to Cornelius, he doesn't say, now you got to get out of this government. That's of the devil. Mm -hmm. As far as we know, Cornelius died a centurion. And the same could be said for all of the people that that the apostles encountered in the New Testament. And so when we look at these kind of things, there's a multitude of things that is that, that are required of us. And, you know, Paul really understood his dual citizenship. Paul was a Roman citizen, and he had privileges and rights of a Roman citizen. Mm -hmm. And so we find him in, uh, in Philippi. He's been arrested on false charges. He's been beaten without a trial. He's been thrown in prison. He gets out, and then the jailer then says, hey, you know, the, the magistrates have set you free. And he says, oh, no, 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 we're citizens. We're not going to creep off quietly. You send them down here to, to apologize to us. Paul used his Roman citizenship after he was mistreated and, and expected the government to honor it. And then later on in the book of Acts, he's about to be whipped by a, a centurion in in Jerusalem, and he says, is it lawful for you to do this to a Roman citizen? Paul knew that he was a citizen of Rome. He used that to his advantage. He understood that, that responsibility, and then that's why he pins in, in Romans 13, verses 5 through 7. He says, wherefore, you must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. He's talking about government here. Clear. That's the clear context. For this cause, pay you tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. So he, he affirms what Jesus said about paying taxes. And then he goes on to say in verse seven, render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. 
So Paul is clearly telling us that we're citizens of heaven. Now, if we're citizens of heaven and we're citizens of earth, and Paul says we have this responsibility on the earth, then we can't just say I'm one or the other. We can't just say, well, now that I'm saved, nothing on the earth matters. And we know this from John 17, verses 15 through 16, and Jesus's prayer um, with the apostles. He says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. And so Jesus doesn't pray that we just live our lives as citizens of heaven. He prays that we live it on the earth, but that we live abstaining from evil on the earth. And so this kind of relationship is what's lacking or what I see lacking in most Christians today and really in a lot of churches. And they tend to go to one extreme or the other. And let, let me just show you what those two extremes would look like. Okay. You go to the extreme of we're just citizens of heaven and you you don't really emphasize any of our responsibilities on the earth as citizens of the earth. Here's what you'll end up. You'll end up in this little compound over here that's holy unto the Lord. You won't participate in government. You won't vote. Or when you do vote, you'll just vote for these made up candidates that you've wrote in who are not really running because they're good enough to be your Sunday school teacher. And you'll be in this isolated, we're holy, we're Christians we don't play along and we abstain from every government responsibility, you go over to the other extreme and you basically spend all of your time in politics, uh, jockeying for the next election. You end up like those guys on, on Christian talk radio that all they talk about is government. All they talk about is politics. You end up like Robert Jeffers where you're having a pagan president speaking in your church on a Sunday. Yeah. You've majored on the earthly citizenship and you've lost sight of the heavenly citizenship. Mm -hmm. This is where our podcast fits. I feel like you and I have a good balance of saying we're Christians. We are, we are citizens of heaven. We live differently. We look differently. We act differently. All of these things are true of us, yet we also are on the earth. And until we leave, we have a responsibility not only to care for the earth, but for our fellow man, and to do all of the type of things that the Bible instructs us to do. And that's, to me, that is the big key thing. I don't think that we can fully fulfill our role as Christians if we completely deny our responsibility as citizens of the earth. And James, and this is the last verse I'll read to you, and I had a whole lot more in my message, but I'm mm -hmm. Feeling kind of preachy already, and I, I'm, I need to tone it down. James 1.27 says, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. When you realize that our government is responsible for caring for widows and the fatherless, and they also are creating widows and creating the fatherless, and you have an opportunity as a believer to vote to influence the elections, who writes these policies, even vote on how these tax dollars are being spent, and you deny that and you say, oh, I, don't, I don't have any responsibility there, you're allowing the government that you have a part of, that God's graciously put you in this country, and you say, oh, I'm not going to vote, or I'm not going to be involved in these things, I'm not going to participate in the school board, 
you're, you're sitting back quietly and not doing what the Lord has put you to do here, which is to be salt and light. And you're hiding that light and you, mm-hmm. you're uh, keeping that salt to yourself and you're allowing wickedness to go on. And I really think that you are not fulfilling your role as a citizen on the earth if you're in a government where you're allowed to participate and you don't to some level. Right, right. I mean, what do you think about all that? Wait, that was a whole lot of talking. I want to ask you something about that Luke chapter 20 passage where Jesus says, you know, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Name me some things that are Caesar's and then some of the things that are God's, how the two go together. Okay. So what's, what's the plural of things that belong to Caesar? Caesar bears the sword and he doesn't bear it in vain. Mm-hmm. So Caesar has the right and the ability to execute people for justice. All right. For justice sake, that's his authority. He also has the right to come and take us off into war. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you have a responsibility to register for selective service and be drafted and go off to war and fight the battles because you live in this country. You reap its benefits and you can be called upon if you're in that age bracket to go and serve. And, and a Christian should do that. And that's one of the things that I believe Caesar has the right to do. And that's one of the things that we render unto him. Mm-hmm. Now, under taxes, Caesar has the right to levy taxes. Yeah. And those are his things. He has the right to spend them on what he wants. Now, what do you think the Roman government did with their tax money that they collected? Did they use it for the betterment of the Jews or did they use it to oppress them? Oppress them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jesus doesn't say, now you only pay taxes if they're fitting taxes. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hear so many Christians today say, well, you know, um, we shouldn't have to pay taxes because they fund abortion. Well, quite frankly, sir, you should be active in politics, defeating mm-hmm. abortion, and then we can deal with where your tax money goes later. Right, right. But I just see so many Christians that are afraid to do that. So back to your question. We owe the government our honor and respect. So when a police officer pulls us over, we comply with everything that man says. Even if it's wrong, we comply with it. Uh, How can you say that? Well, Paul did. Paul was arrested multiple times, beaten multiple times, Mm -hmm. even against his own citizenship. He took it. And he did it as an example. And so I hear people all the time say, well, we don't have to comply with unjust laws. Here's the laws that Christians don't need to comply with. Any law that prevents us from doing what the Bible commands us to do. Okay? So if the Bible commands me to worship the Lord and you say I can't, uh, I'm going to obey God rather than men. Right. So so our church meets during a pandemic when all the other churches don't because Mm -hmm. the government doesn't tell us what to do there. Right. They've overstepped their realm. Yes. But now if they tell me to get out of the car and it's raining, I get out of the car in the rain. If they tell me to lay down on the side of the road and spread my hands out and cross my legs, I do that. Even if I got a nice clothes on, because this officer of the law is there for my safety and he's trying to protect himself and society. So until we can sort that out, I comply with every bit of it. He has that right. And I'm supposed to give him that right. And I'm sick and tired of seeing Christians arguing with cops like they're like they're a prosecuting attorney. Go have your day in court. Right. Don't have it with a police officer on the side of the road that wants to go home and see his family at night. Mm. And he deals with people that want to kill him. And so those are the things, the big things that I see. And, um, you know, there, there are times that we are going to have to break the laws of man when they interfere with our right to serve God. 
So, mm-hmm. uh, I, if it's just a law we don't like, if it's five dollar gallon gas, you pay it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I pay taxes. Yeah, I take every tax bit break I can get, but in mm-hmm. the end, I pay all that I'm legally bound to pay when I've exercised every loophole I can find. I pay the rest. Right. What right. do you think? No, I agree. And I, I, uh, I really, really like the way you tied it into this is what our podcast is all about. That's, that's where we stand. I stand exactly where you are scripturally. I think when I announced mm-hmm. it, of course, I, I'm only the interim pastor at this church, you know, mm-hmm. so they, they don't know me. They've only known me for three or four months. And um, when I announced I was doing this series, they kind of perked up and I don't think they're really interested. But then when we covered the right to bear arms, they were like, that's in the Bible. And I was like, yeah, it is. And so I took them back to first Samuel and showed that the Philistines controlled all the blacksmiths and Israel couldn't produce any weapons. And they were subject to those who controlled the weapons. And then I talked about those spoilers, those raiders going out and preying upon their women and children and looting their homes. And they had nothing but a pitchfork to fight off men with swords and shields. Wow. And I said, you know, if we ever give up the right to defend our homes, this could happen to us at any time. It happens in other countries all the time Mm -hmm. when they give up their right to defend their own personal families. (laughs) And I said, so we may never own tanks in this country. We, We may not have our own howitzers to fight back another government, but we need to maintain the right for personal protection. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, under that same heading, I talked about mankind's responsibility to care for the weak and the victims. Mm -hmm. And, And if, if the good Samaritan was the holy guy for bandaging up a guy who had been robbed, how much better of a Samaritan would you be if you pulled out a firearm and ended a beating or a robbery like that, ended sure. an attempted murder, yes. ended a mass shooting. And, you know, for you to have that right and just neglect to even own a firearm or take any responsibility, you know, that's the reason we need to have discussions on politics and religion. I agree a hundred percent. I appreciate you bringing that to us today. We want to Thank everyone for listening to today's episode, and we just pray God's blessings upon you. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast.